I'm Elham. Can, Can we, we be, be real, real with you? you? This is our first podcast. <laughs> Not sure if you can tell. Elham and I wanted to create a podcast where we can make jokes, tell funny stories, and just be real. We have been talking about doing something of this nature for a very long time. I think Elham listens to more podcasts than anyone else in the world. And I like to talk a lot. So we've been back and forth. I think we really just needed to find the message that we wanted to share before we could start our own podcast. So it may seem like this is out of the blue, but really we've been waiting for the right moment. Yeah, we have definitely, I feel like for the past literally two to three years, have talked about starting a podcast and, you know, it only took two weeks to make it happen so i think we got something good and we hope that you all feel the same way yeah i mean the the way that describes our friendship is that we've been friends for what is it six years now this summer six years That's probably crazy. almost exactly yeah and we met online and Elham is just really easy to convince her to buy anything. <laughs> so flights to England, flights to share a birthday party with me in Philadelphia. And now I've convinced her to buy a $100 microphone and talk to me for an hour a week. <laughs> you know, I just go above and beyond my friendships. But yeah, it's it's crazy. We've, we really have known each other for six years, which is nuts because it feels like six years is... A long time and it is a long time but it also just feels like not that long of like not that i don't know like i feel like we've I've known i can't you remember i can't remember a time not literally open yeah like at all which is weird which is crazy because we also don't i mean as you said we met on the internet so we don't live near each other so it's weird yeah We had a plan for the original podcast that was going to be our first episode and as life is and as the climate of the world is right now and problems that our country has been facing for hundreds of years, it was not the time for us to share that podcast and we will get to that episode eventually but today we're here to have a very important conversation um, about what is happening in our country and what our responsibility is as social media users. For those of you that don't know, um, a man named George Floyd was killed in Minneapolis by police in an instance of police brutality. Um, And this happened over the last week and there's been protests and um, people sharing things online and a call for the people who murdered him to be held accountable for their actions, something that's not often done in this country. Um, with police officers and Mm -hmm. so we really wanted to join in having a discussion about what our role is in this entire situation and something that's plaguing our country yeah and that has plagued us for a very very long time since I, I think it's fitting that we both have met online and like have had a lot of our adolescence maybe adolescence isn't the right word, but like teenage years and on online because social media plays like a major role in all of this currently before all of this started um, after like it's social media is just something that we all share 
um, especially in our age group, in our early 20s. It's a hard conversation. It's very difficult, but it's something that we have to have. It's unfortunate that this is something that we're still fighting, but it's important. And I'm glad that we both agreed that it was important and we aren't letting, um, we're not like just pretending like it's not happening. But before we get into the deep-rooted discussion, there are some exciting things happening at the same time. And we, we want some, to praise yeah. them. <laughs> we want some happy news. We want some funny. We we need some comedy. We need something to like, you know, make everything a little bit feel a little bit lighter. So we've decided that in a way to honor my <laughs> obsessive <laughs> personality, we're going to have a segment on our show called Boyfriend of the Week. Okay. There are so many guys, celebrity men in the world that I just am obsessed with for honestly no reason. I just decide one day that I'm going to be obsessed with them for a two to three week period. And then I'm like, ugh, whatever, next one. We have decided that that's going to be a segment on our show, Boyfriend of the Week. So for this week, it's fitting that we're talking about this boyfriend of the week and it's john boyega from star wars um pacific rim congratulations john (laughs) you are the first boyfriend of the week from star wars pacific rim i really don't really know much else about him (laughs) no offense john if you're listening to this um yeah john boyega is a black british actor who is literally iconic doesn't care what people think speaks his truth and that is something that is a quality in a man that we need so john Boyega, you are the first boyfriend of the week don't know how long you're gonna stay in this position because you know every week gotta find a new boyfriend but <laughs> for, now, for now but you know for the next seven days you are the boyfriend of the week john Boyega. so if we can all give john Boyega a round of applause perfect <laughs> no but really i'm so excited about this because anyone that knows elham will know that she will obsess over anyone <laughs> we plan on doing this segment as if it's like an album charts so at the end of whatever this first season of podcasting mm-hmm. if we make it that far we will have like a most weeks on the chart for elham's yes. honorary celebrity yeah. boyfriends and john boyega has yes. the first spot so congratulations you know john john might make a comeback we don't know but for right now you know he has to he has to just continue being the boyfriend of the week and we need to see more action we need to see yeah if we we see give us a little bit more john John on social media maybe he'll be he'll be number one for a second week in a row we don't know you know anything can happen if that's not going to make you listen to the next episode i don't know what will So we just want to introduce you to that segment. Um, Obviously, we have planned out how we're going to format this show. And we did want to keep, even though we're going to have a serious discussion in a minute, we did want to keep that part of the show, how it was originally intended to be. And we hope that you'll obsess over John Boyega with (laughs) Elham for the next seven days. You know, watch watch a few Star Wars movies. I know I have never, so <laughs> that'll be our homework. To get into this, Alham, do you want to explain sort of um, what you've been doing over the last week on social media actively? I know that you've raised a lot of money, something that you didn't necessarily think you were going to be able to do, and I think that that speaks to why we're here having this conversation. Um, yeah, so I live in Minnesota, so I'm about like 20 to 25 minutes away from Minneapolis where this 
George Floyd, unfortunately, um, was murdered. Um, and I, like, since the protests all started in Minneapolis, um, I kind of, being close to it, decided that I wanted to try and raise money for, like, the Minnesota Freedom Fund, um, just which is, like, a organization that helps protesters that were that are arrested get bail um because we can we don't have to get into like cash bail and all that jazz but um they just help people like protesters that were arrested get out of jail um so i decided that i was going to tweet about how i donated ten dollars and i wanted people to match my donations um and that just like one of my friends quoted it and was like I matched it like can someone match me and it just like kept going on and on and on and on and like I honestly think I've raised over a thousand dollars for the Minnesota Freedom Fund which is crazy to me because I don't even think like I have 2,000 followers on Twitter that's like not even that many people um I've no I don't know I just it's crazy how like one tweet being like can someone match me um, can turn into so many other people like seeing that information and like matching donations and stuff also with being in Min- being like um, in Minnesota a lot of the information that has been given out about like donation spots and like protests going on and like what um, neighborhoods in the city like need gro- like groceries or um, product like oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say like hygiene products whatever etc 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 all of that happens on Instagram um because well that's where I personally see it on Instagram and Twitter like I have friends that I know that are taking donations like from Venmo like having people donate to their Venmo so then they can go and like buy groceries and supplies for people in the city who don't have access to the grocery stores because of all the protesting going on and like all the grocery stores closing around them and stuff so um I don't know it's it's really I just feel like I've always been vocal about social issues but like the this happening like literally in Minneapolis is something that I like hold dear to my heart and I don't mean to sound like I I don't know like I don't mean to like I don't know George Floyd so and I didn't know him but it's just like it's the same thing like when Philando Castile was killed like these things are happening so close to me and um it just makes me want to do something about it and like help in any way that I can whether that's literally tweeting that I donated ten dollars or donating twenty dollars to someone's Venmo or etc etc like donating time to like go and hand things out like it's just it's something that I hold close to my heart because I know how much of a difference it can make and I see that like um I don't even know if I'm like talking in circles right now but um I don't know it's just it's yeah no that that makes sense that makes sense I think that we've reached our this age or we've received our education or everyone around me is just a lot more in touch with what's happening I mean for instance, that video was just like extremely graphic and mm-hmm. revolting and upsetting and traumatizing um, to watch someone be killed like that. And maybe that's what called everyone into action. But I think now more than ever, I mean, 
unarmed black people have been killed by the police on dozens of occasions and George Floyd is finally the person that I think is really sparking a movement of change that's different than ever before um Mm -hmm. all I've seen on, on my timeline is donations resources people speaking up and I think that that's something that's really special and needs to yeah, continue. Yeah, and I, I haven't watched the video because I'm sure Olivia can agree with me on this. It's very hard to see people. There's been countless videos of people being murdered on the streets. Like, it is graphic. It's scary. It's traumatizing. And I don't want to become numb to that imagery. So I try not to see it. Like, even the picture is enough for me where I'm like, I can't even do this. It's hard, but I do think when you see video evidence of yeah. something happening, you are you it's just like it's blatant, like it's right there. What what can you how can you explain yourself out of that, you know? And I think I think especially for white people like that I know, mm-hmm. just seeing it so blatantly was almost a wake-up call as to like okay I can no longer turn a blind eye to this like for a lot of white people this does not apply to them in the sense that like we have to worry about this happening to us if we use a fraudulent $20 bill like that's just the case we don't have to worry about that but it's easy to just sort of pretend that it's not happening to other people because you can't I will never be able to fully understand. I'll never fully be able to put myself in that situation because it's just not going to happen to me. Like that's that's the case. But I feel like seeing that video like I haven't I haven't watched it, but I feel like seeing that imagery so blatant and so clearly and so obvious really made people be like oh, I have to say something about this because if this was me, if this was people that were if this was happening to white people, I would not mm-hmm. be okay with this. And it's like it, that's what I mean like it's literally if if you like dumb it down it's literally someone used a fake a fraudulent bill and now he's dead it's not you know what I mean like it's just like I I don't I don't think people have to justify that they're good people to not be in order to be to not be murdered by the cops I I don't like when people are like oh this person was like you know what I mean like I understand why people do it because you want to be put in a positive light especially when you're not here and you can't speak for yourself but when people are like oh he was such a nice guy like he did this he did that like he shouldn't have been murdered but it's like no one should have to lose their life for using a fake $20 bill or literally anything like for like you shouldn't just be murdered like that and it is something you can't excuse like people that are trying to I I, I feel like both Olivia and I have for the most part friends that agree with our point of view and we kind of like live in these like echo chambers a little bit not that we don't see people that have the opposite point of view as us or like people that disagree with us but I do think like it's easy to be in an echo chamber and like but I see comments on Facebook or like even on Instagram like I will look through the comments of some local venues like um first av which is like a theater which is like a music venue put made a post about how they're going to stop working with the minneapolis police department and in the comments people who like minneapolis is supposed to be like this very like liberal state like city people in the comments are like disagreeing with them being like this is bad this is bad like you guys are horrible people like i don't understand why you're like punishing every cop and it's just like you think 
it's not there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even think of what I'm saying makes sense. But, like, you think, like, it's not, like. No, no, it does. It does. Our community does not show us what the entire world thinks or what the entire country thinks. And it's a shame that the entire country doesn't feel the way that we do. But this this is how we got here. So we got here this way. Like, how are we going to change? And I think that's what our conversation is today is what is our responsibility as social media users and what are we going to do and what is our community um making a commitment to do to change because for specifically speaking like we can really only speak for each other and for the people who shared their voice today with us um but for Elham and I like we have these we have these conversations a lot just because we we have to um and that's just the kind of people we are but um we need to be more vocal outside Mm -hmm. of our iMessage chat with each other. And I think that that's something that we've learned over um, the last Yeah, week. definitely. And I do think it's it's hard, like, these conversations, going back to the echo chamber thing, like, social media is hard because we follow the people that think like us. We follow the people that we think that, like, agree with us, whether that be a celebrity or your friend or whatever. But I think this time has made it – has made me aware. Like, I am not going to lie. I think about the people on my social media who haven't said a thing, like people I either went to high school with, people I went to college with, and I'm just like, how can you I, – I, I don't know. Like, I it just, like, leaves me speechless because I'm just like, how do you see this on your stories every day? You watch Instagram stories. You go watch the news. You scroll through Twitter, but you, like, can't say a word. And it just makes me think about how other people, like, how, like, we are lucky that we have social media to be, like, use as, like, a tool of activism and um, and how other people might not understand the impact that they can have. And I think, like, you can't, sometimes you can't fault someone on something that they don't know. And hopefully pe- the people listening to this podcast um, can, like, really hone in like we can really hone in the point of view that social media activism is a thing and it works and it's valid um because I'm sure you all have people on your timeline just talking about how they're how it's so hot outside and they're like going to the lake house and you're just like hello we like you know what I mean like it's just it's just like yeah the problem, the problem is there's both sides of it, right? There's the people that are not saying anything, just nothing at all. There's the people that are not saying anything and are actively posting things that have nothing to do with this. And then there's the people that are people that you know have a different, different opinion on this situation that are posting mm-hmm. a black square and then moving on with their life and then deleting it two days later. I mean, there's is it better to say nothing or to to say something and I think that we will value saying what you can say as as far as you are educated you do not need to go above and beyond no one expects you to to make a speech about this if you do not are not educated and you don't have to be educated I think that's the main problem that people have is that they're embarrassed that they don't know more about this and I know that I don't know as much as I wish I did even from learning in school and from just like going through mm-hmm. life. I know I don't know as much as I should, but I think that that's the main reason why people are silent is because they feel like they don't know enough and that's not a reason. 
anymore yes to not say anything because you you can say something say that you believe in equality and that you think that there's room for change because yes. that's not a question and it makes me think about I, I always think about like celebrities because I feel like they always know how to fumble <laughs> on social media like even when they're trying their best and <laughs> Drew Brees. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm literally thinking of. Someone is asking you about the state of the country currently, about Black Lives Matter, about how people, there's injustices in this world, racism exists. Like, these are things that you cannot really argue. You cannot argue fact. Like, you can have your opinion and you can think that you live in your little bubble and nothing is wrong because you live in this suburban bubble or whatever even if you live in the cities and there's diversity where you live you can still like live in a bubble and think oh i'm not racist personally so racism doesn't exist anymore like black people can have any job in the world so racism doesn't exist anymore you know like those type of things but to not be able to say three literal words like black lives matter to not be able to say that because you think that in somehow that's inherently political i mean this goes into things that we're going to talk about later but like somehow you think that's inherent inherently political or anti-america is just where are you going or taking away the rights of you as a, as let's say it's a white person saying this like as taking away any right that you have no, as a white person like in america you it's, not happening I, I just like like drew Brees. it makes me i was thinking about this earlier too because i was watching um this clip of this girl i wish i could remember her name on first take and she was basically being like i'm tired like i don't have room for empathy i don't have room to baby people like drew Brees. and it honestly also shannon sharp said this too if a guy has been playing with black people has been playing football with black people from the age of five onward from high to high school to college to nfl and you still don't yeah. understand that there's inequality in this world it's like how can you expect anyone else to how can you expect people that do not do not interact with black people to the same extent that drew Brees has in his life which is well documented because he's an nfl player how can you expect the average person to like you know what i mean understand the same thing because it's like you don't have to personally be racist or whatever in order to or personally even experience or be friends with any other people to know there are inequalities in this world that is just a fact and I just don't understand and maybe I'm being like naive because I because I am black and I know that these things are real and my friends know that these things are real but it's just I think that's what's so yeah is like that ignorance but it's like you interact with black people to the most extent probably you play with them for 16 games a season you literally like sweat next to these guys like you do everything with them and you're still just like um my grandpa fought in the war so I can't I don't understand it's like wait what like I'm just like I don't get it but also, it's just, like, uncomfortable conversations that you have to have with these people. And you have to, I mean, personally, I'm kind of just in the, in, I just feel like oh, people that aren't, non-black people need to have their own, do their own research and understand to their, like, just listen. And, like, it's kind of just, like, if you can't get it, then you yeah, can't, agree. you don't, you're never going to get it. If you don't get it now and you're listening and you're trying to grasp these things and you're reading these books and you're still thinking yourself to yourself, well, saying Black Lives Matter is anti-white or saying Black Lives Matter is, get, is like taking away from these things or kneeling at the national anthem is taking away from this. It's just then you 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 were never going to get it. and You're just never going to get it. Like, you know what I mean? And it's sad and it's like 
unfortunate, but I just feel like that's also one thing that we need to realize is not to pick on Drew Brees. I mean, sorry, Drew, if you're listening, <laughs> but like, <laughs> sorry, you won't be boyfriend of the you week. You will never ever. be boyfriend of the week. It's just like, unfortunately, the reality of the world is there's just always going to be people that don't get it. And no matter how hard we try, they're still just going to like not get it. And I feel like that's also something that we need to remind ourselves, especially as like young kid, younger kids, like in our 20s and stuff, because like all of our friends kind of think the same way as we do. And we and like, I do believe change is going to come. And we you know what I mean? Like, I get that. But I also think sometimes people are just too far gone to bring them back which is sad and I do think that's a lot more with people older than us than it is people our age like I feel like there is chances for people that maybe they did say something really bad when they were younger or even now and they they just made an ill-timed like a joke that's just doesn't land those type of things and I feel like they can change but I just feel like sometimes people just don't want to get it and they're too in their own feelings to I feel like for a lot of it especially younger people and maybe for older people they're kind of past the point of this where they can still sort of see things and change their minds about something they sort of have it so instilled in them Mm -hmm. these ideals that are racist but for younger people I think that there's like an activation point right so there's conversation or someone saying something to them or them seeing something or them being exposed to like the black community and making friends and like being included and there's some sort of act or going to college there's Mm -hmm. some sort of activation point that they can change from that but if they don't ever come to face to face with that then they end up being too far gone Mm mm-hmm and that's what I that's where I think social media makes it take makes a huge difference. If you see one post, it can really just open your eyes. Well, something that I saw specifically with Refinery29 and over the last few days, a lot has come out about how they've paid their black employees upwards of fifteen to twenty thousand dollars less than their white employees for the same job. Lucy Fink, someone who previously worked at Refinery29, came out and stated that um, when they had started their sort of community for readers of color I think specifically the black community um, she didn't try to involve herself in the process of building it because she thought that it was just like a thing that her black co-workers were doing and I think that's sort of the same problem with Black Lives Matter is it's not like an exclusive it's not an exclusive group it's not just a group for black people like you can be white and be part of rebuilding something that you believe in and being part of that that culture and I think that that's something that a lot of people don't realize is that comparison was really insightful for me to be like wow like I could really be a part of building something that contributes to society I do agree that like it is I feel like a lot of watch a lot of videos from um, non-black people and just seen a lot of things on socials of people being like oh I what am I trying to say like people being like I just feel like I didn't I never wanted to say anything because I never wanted to overstep or like I never wanted to um just say something that would be taken in the wrong context and I feel like that is really interesting because like you said it takes like and I've also seen a lot about like 
being allies and like using your privilege and stuff and i the way that things change is by people using their privilege that they have whether they be just their white privilege or even black people that are up there in the one percent or black celebrities and influencers and stuff like that like using their platform to be like i'm gonna call out the stuff that i have seen and the stuff that i have experienced like i think about jackie Ina who posted it on her story about how three brands specifically i'm pretty sure it was pretty little thing revolve i want to say and i can't think of the third one maybe fashion nova probably fashion nova but she made a post basically being like these three brands take from black culture and black influence and use black aesthetic but they have said nothing about this case this george floyd's case or black lives matter had made no posts about it and i just find that very interesting you need to stick it to the people that have the power like and pretty little thing is owned by a non-black it's owned by a person of color i'm not sure what their ethnicity is but i do know that they're non-black and jackie Ina made a good like thing about that basically being like just because you're not white doesn't mean that you can just stand by and be like oh well i'm also a minority too these you know what i mean like i'm also a minority so i also face injustices and me not speaking out doesn't mean like i don't agree with that you know what i mean kind of just being like oh since i'm a minority i automatically kind of agree with black lives matter because we both face injustices that might be true but you kind of have to use your platform like put a pretty little thing fashion nova revolve like you guys i shop at these places and i see like their models they have the body they have the like lip injections they have all of the things that people profit off black aesthetic but you can't speak out about the injustices that black people face what is the point you know what i mean and and now she had this i saw her igtv where she was like pull up or shut up or whatever basically being like you need to hire more black people and put more black people behind the scenes or you need to stop using the this movement for clout and it, it's true and it, it's unfortunate that it takes death and extreme thing things of like extreme violence yeah extreme violence and just like things like that to happen for people to listen but it's honestly like that's how we got here america wasn't built on happiness sunshine and rainbows and kumbaya it was built on massacres and that's just the truth and like and we have no control yeah like we we have no control we We were born in the 1990s we don't we weren't here for that and it's like but we have the ability to change what's happening now people are protesting people are pushing back and change is happening not that we're done with like it's not over and we still have a long way to go but it's like if you push someone's buttons for so long it's only a matter of time until they erupt and they just are like i'm sick of this and you can't blame people like it's un it's unfortunate that it takes death and like for this to happen but it's also just like that video of george floyd's daughter who has to be nine years old being like daddy changed the world it's heartbreaking that this little girl had to lose her her dad and can't grow up with Mm -hmm. her father but it's also inspiring that this little girl who's nine years old sees the impact that her dad's death has made in this city of minneapolis the state of minnesota and the entire world like george floyd is not gonna has not died in vain and will not die in vain because so much change has happened in the city of minneapolis alone in the past week and more changes is going to come and i know that and i feel that but yeah it's just 
it's necessary. I feel like that's all I'm going to keep repeating. No, yeah. And so we felt that in order to have an accurate discussion and really like a full discussion of this and social media activism and what we can do, we wanted to open it up to our community. The first person that I wanted to mention is my friend Olivia. Um, She's a black woman and she's a voice I admire a lot, but especially on topics of race reform the environment and just what she believes in she talked about a facebook message which she'll describe someone i know had posted something on facebook saying like the quote-unquote like evil funders behind black lives matter and the way that it had been posted was in a more like critiquing and damning light and she was white and i told her and i usually don't like throw down with people on the internet but i told her that you know i would one like first of all like i would love to see your sources on this if you think that there are some really like corrupt people behind the funding of this but um as someone who has like in public been open to a friend of people of color and um women and you know other sorts of like groups that have been targeted lately um that you i would appreciate if you were more careful what you post and it ended up being like a day-long conversation with her like just back and forth on facebook and she ended up taking the post down which was like not what i thought was gonna happen and i was like you know i told her that she had said that it wasn't meant to be like you know shitting on black lives matter she just is like trying to find out the truth and i said like well i appreciate that because i do understand that there are a lot of misinformation um there is a lot of misinformation going around about news organizations and organizations in general so thank you for like engaging with me as someone who like is affected by this and um she took it down and i feel like that was like one step in the right direction if you can have conversations with as many people as possible who may have who may have different um experiences with organizations or who may just not be informed in Liv's experience she uses education a lot in conversation and speaking to people which I understand could be very difficult for black people to do um, and to feel the responsibility of doing that is that something that you've experienced okay, well, and, personally, like, what is your I, opinion on how effective like this is extent, in your own experience I can educate people but sometimes I do think especially now I just feel like I just don't have the patience for it anymore like I am kind of just like in the mindset of this is so emotionally taxing and mentally draining that I don't have the patience to like baby step someone through years of discrimination it's kind of just like that post that's like it's so it's so much easier to learn about racism than having to experience it like it's hard and I can only talk about I also think I am nervous about giving people the wrong information because I can only personally talk about my personal experience and what I personally believe and I also don't think I have the knowledge and the tools that other people might have that can be more eloquent and more just like informed um 
and I also have a hard time being not emotional about this stuff. Like, it's yeah. hard for me, especially because I literally have two brothers. I remember when Trayvon Martin was killed, and we used to live in Chicago, and there's, like, an alleyway in the back of our house, and you like you could, like, take the alley to go to 7-Eleven, and 7-Eleven was always open, I'm pretty sure. So my brothers would always go to 7-Eleven in the middle of the night to get whatever the heck they were getting, and I remember my mom being like, you guys can't do that anymore. Like, you shouldn't be walking in the alleyway by yourselves at night to go go and get something from 7-Eleven because this kid was doing the exact same thing and ended up dead like I just feel like it's really hard for me to emotionally it's just emotionally taxing and it's hard because I also have a lot of white friends like I will say I honestly think I have more white friends than I do friends that are not white just because of the places that I've grown up on that on that page um how do you feel about I know that online especially and like I can really only talk for online in our own relationship I feel like and feel free to check me on this I feel like normally when I come to you I'm coming to you to have like a conversation like I'm not I don't really ask boundary questions like I feel like normally we're just like conversing about something that we're already on the same page about but I know that for a lot of your white friends you are either Mm -hmm. the only black voice or one that they look up to for education do you embrace that responsibility? Is that too much for you? How can I or anyone else as a white friend of yours come to you in the right way for education or like to be pointed in the right direction for resources? Because I don't necessarily believe that you should be the first point for people as a friend when they are looking for education about this. Do you get what I mean? Like, I think that often, like, I find myself wanting to do my own research first and then coming back to you and, like, saying, is this right? How do you feel about this? And then discussing it. Yes. I feel like, uh, I don't know. I think for most of my friends, like, I kind of embrace the fact that I am kind of like that voice for a lot of people. Um, And I kind of don't think about that a lot of the time until someone's like, you really, I don't know, not like changed my point of view, but just like you talking about this was really important. Like, I didn't even know that blah, 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 blah. Like, I feel like I am kind of that voice sort of just like in my own circle online and stuff. But then at the same time, I just don't want to be like, I just don't want something to happen. And then people be like, what do you think about this? Like, I just find that kind of unfair. Not that it's happened to me a lot, but I do think sometimes, or, like, just some of the, like, ignorant questions that people have asked me before that I'm just, like, why are you asking me that? Like, and it also has something to do with, I honestly think it has something to do with the fact that I am so outspoken online, like, um, that it's, yeah, and, like, will ask me yes like expect that they can or like expect that I have the answer and I'm just like I most of the time I only know as much as other people do I only know what is given to me and like like the thing that annoys me the most I will say is when people tell me about their racist family like I just am like I don't care and I think you literally know yeah like it's just like when people are like my grandparents are racist and like it makes me feel so like I I'm sorry if this like comes off the wrong way or like makes people feel bad but also I don't care um but when people are like I'm the only liberal in my family and it's so hard congratulations like what do you want me to say like I'm sorry that your parents are like your family's racist like I have I have no yeah or should have them like it just like boggles my mind like those are the things that I don't like when people tell me about the racist family because I'm just like 
okay, now you want me to be your friend? Like, I don't get it. I know also in instances, like, you've said, like, and I want to mention this just because I know that people that are your friends are listening and people that are my friends are listening too, but, like, sending, like, either, like, video or photographs or being like, did you see this when it comes to, like, like, black people? Like, that that is, like, emotionally taxing on you more so than it is for for people that aren't black so like just to sort of like check yourself before you do something like that like is this information that she really won't see herself or like hasn't seen or like is this really like contributing to a conversation in the right way yeah because it's yeah because it is traumatizing and I will even say like it makes me so upset when even celebrities post like that those graphic images on their feed because I'm like I get it. Seeing eight minutes of someone literally dying is so traumatizing. And it's like you it's important because people can't you cannot look away from that. But at the same time, like you have to realize like you can watch that eight minute video, be emotionally wrecked and cry and whatever. And then you the next day you go out and you live your life because without having to think twice about your actions you know what I mean like I was watching this video of this girl talking about how she watched when they see us on Netflix I literally cannot get past the first 10 minutes of that show because I just start sobbing because I know because it's like real and you know it's real and it's it sucks and it's people's reality even today in 2020 like you may think oh no one you may think like people aren't being falsely accused of anything and like that stuff isn't happening but it literally is and those people are still sitting in prison today and it's so scary but you can someone can watch that show and cry and be like wow i feel so bad for those people thank god they got exonerated and then the next day just live life like nothing's going you know what i mean and it's like no fault to your it's no fault to them because that's just unfortunately the way this world was built but it's like you you can read these books, you can be educated and stuff, but you still just won't know. And I feel like that's what people need to understand is like people being like, I will never understand. It's like, you're right. You will never understand. So stop trying to tell me that. Stop trying to equate things. Stop trying to like make me, you know what I mean? Like stop trying to keep telling me that you will never understand. It's like, okay, I get that you will never understand, but what are you going to do about that? Like that kind of is my point of view. It's like, you'll never understand how it feels to be black in America. That is okay thank you for recognizing that but also now what are you going to do in your own home in your own family with your grandparents and I understand that these conversations are hard to have but like you need to have them because your grandparents are the people that are going to be voting your grandparents are the people that may be going out and calling cops on people like you know it's just like you know you if you don't have these conversations you won't know and you don't want people in your life to perpetuate those like disgusting acts of racism but it's just the truth and it's like i don't even know like it's hard i've like seen a lot of graphics on instagram too about how people being like how to check up on your black friend like um don't if you can't say more than how are you feeling then don't say anything i just feel like unless you're my best unless you're my really close friend like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna just be like Mm -hmm. yeah this is all really mentally draining because like what is your answer to me I mean, what is anyone's answer to me? It's just, it's mentally draining for everyone and it's hard. But like I said, it's mentally draining for me every second of my life that I have to think about the fact that literally anyone in my family can be shot dead. Like not to make this deep, but 
it's just the reality of the situation no but like even and like even, anyone even in anyone taylor like in your in your yeah. own bedroom when you're sleeping at night like that, yeah. that's where we are people yeah. and like um i think one of the people that submitted themselves sharing their uh thoughts katie talked about i think that we and by we i mean our generation have an even larger responsibility simply because we're really the first generation to utilize social media but because we kind of grew up and social media was just starting we have the extremely unique opportunity to mold social media and specific apps the way we want and we can utilize them the way we want to and I think that it's really shown with the current events of the world. Personally, I have seen so many resources on my timeline and on my feeds um, that I wouldn't have access to without social media. This isn't just a LMNI and the internet thing. Like This is a global yeah. issue and issue. Um, but also that we have to be aware of the limitations and and the negatives that come with social media. So like there is this mob mentality and a lot of people disconnect from humanity. And now, especially with social media, like you're saying with these celebrities, there's extreme, she talked about extreme opinions and that these extreme opinions that are shared are not necessarily informed opinions, but sometimes the most outrageous opinions. And this is what's getting retweets and comments and likes. And this is where people are putting their energy and where people are getting their information from. So it's sort of like a double-edged sword. We can use it and mold it how we see fit. And I think that especially now in the last week, I can't speak for everyone's timeline once again because mine is definitely an echo chamber of people trying to use their resources and share them. But like we do need to remember that there is the total opposite happening too. And we just need to overcome that and continue changing the way we can in our community and sharing these resources. Liv spoke about specifically like dividing what her white friends can do to help out and she spoke about how Mm -hmm. she appreciates anyone commenting on this topic but you can always do more by sharing resources and that's really where we'll be able to initiate those conversations and then also for her black friends that this is emotionally taxing that's something that people need to remember when we're posting yeah and like this is a very high emotion thing and this affects every every black person and I think that that's something that we forget is that our black friends aren't exempt from what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I feel like it's so important and it's so powerful that we can have so much information on Twitter like and on Instagram too. Like I've seen so many people donating, so many organizations that I've never heard of and just like the way that people are getting information about protesting is on Instagram. Like, the way people are getting information on, like, the National Guard is, like, doing... You know what I mean? Like, people are getting tear gas. People are, like, that. Like, people are going on... Literally protesting in the front lines and going on Instagram Live. And you can see for yourself what happens. You know what I mean? Like, it's amazing how how Instagram and, like, Twitter is the new kind of education for good or for bad. I think, like, sharing resources is just the way to go because even like seeing a graphic that says hey like how to talk to your black friends about what's going on or like mental health or like take like decompress try and like take a breather it does remind me because I'm someone that goes to bed at literally like 10 o'clock like I go to bed really early this past week I've I've like 
I like look at the clock and I'm like, wow, it's three o'clock in the morning. Like, why am I not sleeping? Because it's just like it's hard to look away from everything going on, like all the petitions and like all all of the stories and all the cases that people want to be open again. And I and it's like hard to take a step back and be like, those will all be there again in the morning. I can sign them. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to be like, I don't need to spend the next five hours just researching all of these cases and these this injustice that happens in this country like i can go to bed take a breather watch something that i enjoy for an hour and like try and forget about the world and i i just feel like people shouldn't fault themselves for that because it's literally like emotional labor like it's so disheartening to see this these things happen again and again and again but it's also like which with each instagram story i'm finding a new organization to donate to or like a new um email template to boost or like you know what i mean like it's it's also inspiring um and i i don't want people to like get burnt out and i feel like that's kind of um something that can easily happen it's like that graphic that was like keep your foot on the gas like we got this and it's like don't let yourself burn out and don't let yourself get all consumed in all of this or else you're literally just gonna be like wow the world sucks and there's nothing I can do about it (laughs) no I agree I think um Katie said this about using social media as a launch pad my opinion should be used as sort of like a launch pad um, to open the doors to these conversations. But if we really want to have meaningful um, discussions and we want to see change and we want to promote activism, I think that we need to continue that conversation offline. And I think that that's something to think about, especially with burnout, as we sort of adjust back. I know that Instagram and Twitter are going to go back to a mix of normal daily life, going to the beach, drinking, Mm -hmm. partying, reading a book. I know that that's going to happen. We all know it's going to happen. But like to realize that this is this is a marathon and we're going to like continue sprinkling in these messages Mm -hmm. with our daily ramblings as as the new normal. And so like you don't have to be burnt out sharing everything all day long, signing petitions like this is the new normal. Like just add this to your daily routine. It does not have to be an all consuming because you're not doing it for one day like this isn't a one day thing you know it's like when people yeah and it's like when people are like why are we only boosting black businesses like when people were like shop um at these like bookstores or like shop here or there like we're gonna i've seen a lot of influencers be like i want to like boost black owned companies and businesses like let me know what and like sharing it on their stories and people being like why are you only doing that now like why is that important and this is the new norm like you said like if you can like white influencers before did not consciously look for black businesses to purchase from as substitutes for like i've seen people promoting candles and uh, yeah what do they call it bedding and stuff like that like you can look for an alternative and that's that's for everyone yeah and even being like okay, instead of spending my $5 on an iced coffee at Starbucks, which Starbucks is a million billion dollar company, and Starbucks will always be there, why don't I go spend my $5 at this local small business? Like, it's just like you're putting your money kind of where your mouth is, and you're you're not just 
spewing this stuff online and being like I'm gonna read these books and do these things but you're actively making changes and even if that's not to say that no one is ever going to buy a book from Barnes and Noble or drink a drink from Starbucks but like it's just making the choice like by giving diversifying yeah you're diversifying your like just range of spending habits or yeah yeah like it's it's no one is taking anything away from other people like no one is saying you should only shop at black businesses but it's like if you can spend your twenty dollars that you would have bought a bath and body works candle and just give it to a small business which will close the racial wealth gap is that even the thing economic wealth gap whatever like if you can do that and help a small business that doesn't mean you're never gonna ever buy a can from bath and body works again or target again or whatever even i have like have a lot of grievances with amazon but i still have an amazon prime account like i try not to buy everything off amazon because i know it's not they're not the greatest company with the greatest policies and whatever but it is hard like it's just convenience factor and i feel like breaking the habit even a little bit by buying one book from a black owned bookstore online can really and then you're like wow they have fast shipping and this book was five dollars cheaper whatever or two dollars more expensive but I'm giving the money somewhere where I know the person is going to benefit from my purchase rather than a trillionaire CEO. And it's not to say that I'm I'm saying I'm never going to shop at Amazon ever yeah. again. Amazon, if you want to, you know, <laughs> send some money our way, we, we, we won't say no. But I'm just saying, like, I just feel like people, we'll it's just it. a mind shift. It's a hat, like change, it, ha- habits don't change overnight. All of these influencers no, yeah. are only posting about black businesses and they're only posting about these things. But it's like by constantly putting this in your face, that is how these companies are going to get known and then they'll get better and better and better. And we are going to put, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like if you just change your habit, you'll help the little people. Yeah. And I think probably one of my favorite quotes from the conversations that we've had with um, our community was Liv talking about Black Lives Matter being viewed as political. Like it doesn't, Black Lives Matter does not have to be a political thing. It's at the core human rights issue, which we all should agree on. What she said really resonated with me that it's respect for people, not just black people. And that we should all agree on this. And I think that that, that relates to our spending habits that relates to like our daily what we go through on our daily routine like first of all it's not a political message yeah it is a human rights like idea and issue like we should speak to it every day we should all agree that like Mm -hmm. small businesses should be successful and like we need to speak to that every day and I think like really understanding this as a human rights issue and as something we should agree on and as like respect for like people in general then we can better understand the messaging and what we need to do as on social media and offline too and I think like that's what's interesting Mm -hmm. about social media and this whole conversation is we're talking about social media but we're not just talking about the literal tweet we're talking about changing your spending habits we're talking about people that are influencers influencing you to spend and sharing these new resources for you to use and so i think that there, like the line is obviously very blurred Mm -hmm. now between social media and real life and something that eric spoke about was sort of this type of protest or activism as it was known as media activism changing to becoming public protest normally social media would be classified as media activism, its own separate form of social reform. 
However, I think over the past five years or so, that social media has transcended this definition and is more equal to public protesting than ever before. There are two major types of protesting. There are protests where people occupy an area because they all think of like, before gathering. Then they gather, which draws them together as a group. While the other type is when a group of people gather and through interaction with one another, begin to think alike and fight for the same causes. Based on my story and how I believe social media is its own form of protest, I believe that it is, a, it is clear that social media could fall under the second type of protesting. I didn't join Twitter because I thought everyone else on Twitter thought like me. I joined Twitter and magically, through time and interaction with others on the app, I began to agree and learn from the group that I had made for myself, thus allowing me to think alike with a group of people that I have never met. Ultimately, from personal experience, I believe that social media has become a learning tool for me and has made me a part of a group of protesters that believe that there is racial injustice in America that needs to be solved now. Others listening may feel differently, but I could almost guarantee that their Twitter feed would back the beliefs that they believe in, making them a part of a group that believes in something else. To me, that sounds like protesting through the internet. Use your voice online and it's becoming a real life scenario i know he used the talking about celebrities specifically using their platforms um as if they had a megaphone there is racial injustice in america that needs to be solved now and i think if users with large followings use their platforms as if they had a megaphone in the streets of new york right now there would be much more change in activism in the u.s and i really agree with that and i think that that that's what's great about the fine line between social media and the real world and that's what i like about social media i have friends from social media i've bought things from social media i found new people yeah new like favorite artists and furniture and things through social media so why not use activism in the same way another thing that i liked that mave wrote in when she said people hide behind the excuse that they don't have enough followers and like they don't nothing they say there's no point in saying something if you you can literally have a hundred followers if the one if one of the people that follow you retweet something it can it'll go to a new person you know what i mean like and it's just like you shouldn't be you shouldn't think oh i only have whatever amount of followers like no one cares what i have to say it's only people like me but it's like you never know who you're educating and who you're um shining a new light on and i see people promoting like restaurants or whatever that i've never even heard of or like vegan businesses like i saw this post about like 11 black owned vegan restaurants that ship worldwide and it's like i didn't even literally know people did that you know what i mean and if i just saw that because a friend of mine posted it and then i reposted it like you just there's a ripple effect when it comes to activism online and i just feel like you can't discount that and you shouldn't think like just because you aren't out there in the with the poster on the like protesting lines and marching down the streets that your activism isn't the same um because i honestly feel like it's just as important to be on online and reposting these things and giving people access and it, it it is powerful to be at a protest but sometimes it's not people can't make it it's you know what i mean like there's not there's not a protest happening near them blah 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 and i just feel like people are working like you shouldn't be discouraged because there's so much that you can do from literally a single tweet a single post on insta stories like 
Yeah, and Casey wrote in that she's had so many conversations with people who have been following her for years and she's never spoken to them, old friends from elementary school who she never expected to talk to again, and that by addressing the injustice in this country and around the globe, we could be informing someone new, influencing someone to do their research, find resources, and hopefully lead to the greater outcome, positive and necessary change. It doesn't matter if you're having this conversation with one person or with 20 people or with one million people on your social media like one person makes a difference and one conversation where both people come into it Mm -hmm. willing to learn something and willing to consider what they're saying and what's going on in the world like is effective and that's impactful and what pretty much everyone said across the board that send us something to talk about today everyone said to hold people accountable katie talked about copping out by just putting one post up and eric spoke about holding the people around him more accountable. It has become clear to me over the past few weeks that I must hold myself, my friends, my family, and even people that I don't associate with more accountable for the way I and others speak about people of color and the arguments sparked about racism, classism, elitism, etc. in America. And Maeve spoke directly about herself, saying that she's making a commitment to herself to be unapologetically herself on her platforms because she does that in real life and i think that that's really um admirable and something that a lot more people need to do and i know that i'm going to try and make a commitment to myself to do the same thing and i think that this is the first step to that and that this conversation between the two of us is obviously just like a very preliminary discussion and i'm sure that between all of the other conversations the stupid silly conversations that we're gonna have on this podcast i'm sure that we will have many more that do come back to this more serious tone because both of us have a plat have a platform both of us have multiple platforms on which to speak about um and this is going to make a difference for someone this is going to um enable someone to initiate Mm -hmm. a difficult conversation that they haven't been able to do before and I think that when we can acknowledge that we really see the power that social media has a hundred percent I totally agree and I honestly think we both are people that are very unapologetic in our real life so to shift that same energy online will be just as powerful and impactful because honestly it's hard to get out of your comfort zone and it's hard to have these difficult conversations but if not now when and that's just kind of what you have to ask yourself and um so yeah it's like if not now when so just start now like the rest of us and we will be better for it individually um in our communities with every globally hopefully you know but yeah and also we will be funny comedy will ensue later on and um but also it's just like we can't like you've said like we can't ignore the the reality of the world and we're not gonna be able to ignore it later on either when our conversations do come back to this because this isn't a one week in june in 2020 thing it's gonna be something that we have to work on forever hopefully not forever but yeah. And we need to continue having like an open discussion of these topics. Yeah. And it's not just about race. There's so many things that need to be reformed in this country. And we're part of the solution and we're also part of the problem. So I really like am excited to delve into both sides of our friendship because that is what not only what I think people are interested in listening to, hopefully, but also what I appreciate about our friendship and why we're such good friends in the first place is because Elham and I can go from boyfriend of the week being silly like 
making jokes to having like a very serious conversation at the same time and that's what life needs to be like right now and I'm glad that we can utilize our first episode in this way so with that being said for the podcast we to bring this podcast to you we're using anchor um, and we're going to be doing advertisements so just to let you guys know and to be transparent um, an advertisement will play but we will be donating any of the proceeds that this episode will make at all times to organizations that support Black Lives Matter and fixing the issue of racial injustice in this country. Um, If you guys want us to be real about a topic or want to continue the discussion of this topic with us, um, send us a voice memo via email at canwebearealwithyou at gmail.com or to share your thoughts on the show. We look forward to hearing from you. You can also reach us at canwebearealwithyou on Instagram and canwebearealpod on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Apple Pod at Podcasts and Spotify. Please make sure to rate and review us on Apple as well. Um, it literally takes two minutes, so please do that. And if you're listening, tag us on socials because we would love to know. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. We'll see you next week on Can, Can We, we be, be Real, real with, with You? you?